Hello again. Uh, it's, uh, I was going to say it's your lucky day today, but through a quirk of uh, people going on holidays and that sort of thing, somehow I ended up leading and preaching this morning, so you're getting a lot of me this morning, but I'm away on holidays next week, so you get a break from me then. Uh, but uh, this is actually a bit of a special passage for me that we're looking at today. Uh, I won't ask anyone to remember why, but uh, actually it's the very first passage I preached on when I started at St George North. 20 years ago. So there you go. Uh, funnily enough, I started a couple of weeks after Christmas on a Sunday like this one. And uh, obviously the sermon series was following on in Luke's gospel from the Christmas story, just like we are now. Uh, and that's exactly what we're doing. I must admit, I remember very little about that sermon. Uh, I actually tried to find the notes from it, couldn't find them. Uh, and the computer it was on is long gone. But uh, I remember one thing about it is that it was really, really short because we'd actually moved into the church rectory, the house just over there where uh, Brendan now lives, uh, on the Thursday and uh, we're moving stuff around and getting unpacked and I found a note on the bench on the Saturday morning that I was meant to have found earlier but only found on Saturday morning saying, you're preaching on Sunday. So I found that on the Saturday morning, uh, not a great model for starting off your preaching ministry, I've got to say, but hopefully this sermon has a little more preparation than that one, uh, but I will not promise that it will be as short as that one, sadly. Let's pray though, before we get this little final part, if you like, of the Christmas story. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you that you've spoken to us so clearly through your Son, who is revealed to us in the Scriptures. And so we pray that as we look at this somewhat strange little story in Luke's Gospel, that you will help us to understand better and better just who our Lord Jesus is and what it means to follow him. And it's in his name we pray. Amen. Uh, I think actually this passage is one of the most interesting little stories in the Bible because it's actually the only story we have about Jesus as a child. Uh, If you think about it, you see all four of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, all four of them predominantly uh, focus on Jesus's life as an adult and in particular that three years of his ministry around the age of 30 to 33 until his death and resurrection only Matthew and Luke so Mark and John don't give you anything of the Christmas story really only Matthew and Luke give you what we call the Christmas story about Jesus birth uh, and his coming as a baby and all those sort of things and then you get this one little story in Luke that is an insight into that time between when Jesus is a baby and when he started preaching and doing miracles this is that that one moment so I think It's uh, a pretty interesting little story and pretty special. So to set the scene, come with me, turn to Luke's Gospel. Before Christmas, you remember, we started the story back in chapter 1 with the appearances of the angel Gabriel to Mary in particular. And from the beginning, the angel told Mary, your child will be special. Uh, So back before he was born, the angel told Mary, your child will be called the Son of the Most High. Uh, And more than that, he will be the Messiah. He will be the promised saviour king descended from David. Then when Jesus was born, we looked on Christmas day uh, at how the angels appeared to the shepherds in the field outside of Bethlehem. And they said, go and worship the baby Jesus, worship this child. They told uh, the shepherds then went and told Mary and Joseph and anyone else who was there. Angels have told us your child is the saviour. Your child is the Messiah, the Lord. Then last week, we saw how Mary and Joseph took Jesus up to the temple to be circumcised at at eight days old, and we met Simeon and Anna, and they were an old man and an old woman, a prophet and a prophetess, and they came and declared, we can now die in peace because our eyes have seen God's Saviour. So all of that happened before Jesus was eight days old. That's a pretty eventful start to his life. But what do you do with that? If you think about it, if you're Mary and Joseph, 
What, what do you do with this? What, what do you do with this, this baby who's had these incredible statements made about him? You, you've, you've now got the baby, you know, who is the saviour of the world. What are you meant to do? The problem was, at this moment, it was all just words. Uh, they'd been told all these things about their little boy. They, they'd done what they'd been told. They'd named him Jesus, which means God saves. But he was just a normal little baby boy who had to learn to walk and, and talk and eat and do all those things. I think sometimes people think that Jesus was like a superhero who, who had like superhuman powers as a baby and Mary probably didn't even have to look after him. But remember, Jesus humbled himself and became a human being. And so he took on all our frailty, all our weakness. He was helpless as a baby, just like we are helpless as a baby. Uh, yes, he did not sin, but that was the only difference from Jesus to us. And so for Mary and Joseph, it wasn't like they were going to march up to the Roman centurion's house or, 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 or march into to Herod's palace and say, get out, the real king is here. They would have killed the baby Jesus then and there. So what did Mary and Joseph do? Well, it tells us at the start of our passage today, they just got on with raising their little baby boy. So come with me to verse 39. It says, when they had completed everything according to the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee to their own town of Nazareth. The boy grew up and became strong, filled with wisdom, and God's grace was on him. Now you see a couple of things there. Firstly, they raised Jesus as a faithful Jew. That's actually very, very important. They did everything the law said you should do for a baby of this age you know so he was circumcised they made the sacrifices on his behalf they would have taken him to the synagogue to learn the law what we call the old testament but they did all of that a long way away from jerusalem up in nazareth they went back to their normal life jesus had a normal childhood he was working with his father he was growing up with his brothers and sisters but at the same time what you see is there was obviously something special it says he was marked by his wisdom. It seems he, he seemed to grasp God's word and know how to live God's way in a way beyond his years. But that's the summary you get of Jesus from the age of 2 to 30. That's all the information we have other than this little story. So look from verse 41. It tells us how every year around the time we now call Easter, which is taken over obviously from Passover, Jesus' parents travelled up to Jerusalem for the Passover festival. Faithful Jews were meant to go to Jerusalem a number of times a year for various festivals, uh, but most didn't go for all of them, but the faithful Jews all went for Passover. That was the non-negotiable. And in fact, if you remember, at the end of his life, why was Jesus going to Jerusalem? For the Passover festival. That's why he was there. Because the Passover is the big celebration. It was the time where God's people celebrated God's great act of salvation. What, what was the Passover remembering? It was remembering how God had taken his people out of slavery in Egypt, how he had made them his people, taken them all the way to the promised land. That's what they were celebrating. So every year there was this one occasion, uh, every year they did this, but there was this one occasion when Jesus was 12 years old, when they set off for the festival. That was about 80 miles, if you think, Nazareth is up in the north, 80 miles down to Jerusalem, but they would have had to go around Samaria. You didn't go through Samaria if you were a Jew. And so it took about 80 miles. We're talking about four days walking, and they wouldn't have gone on their own. The whole extended family, the whole village would have gone together. So it would have been like a camping holiday. You know, grandma, granddad, cousins, second cousins, friends, all running around, all all heading to the feast and that's all background to what happened on the way home come to verse 43 
It says, after those days were over, as they were returning, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, but his parents did not know it. Assuming he was in the traveling party, they went a day's journey. Then they began looking for him among their relatives and friends. When they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem to search for him. I just love how matter of fact this is. They'd headed home. They'd assumed he was just sort of hanging around somewhere in the entourage, playing with his cousins or whatever else, but they had left their 12-year-old back in the city. If you have ever lost your child or a child you're minding for even a moment, you know that horrible feeling, don't you? Uh, one time I had taken Sophie with me to Myers at Hurstville. Uh, she was about six, and I've asked Sophie's permission to share this. Uh, we were going on holidays the next day and our suitcase broke. So we just had to find a suitcase to buy. So we're running around. I was running around anyway, like a headless chook, trying to find a new suitcase. I'm dragging Sophie through the store, you know, past the perfume, past the toys, past the clothes, all of that. I get to the suitcases and I'm looking at them and I've got to choose between them. And I turn and say, Sophie, what do you think about this one? And I look around and she's not there. And you start, you start doing irrational things. You, you, I start looking in suitcases. I look under the things. I think, is she playing a trick on me? She's not there. I trace my way back past the toys, past the clothes, past the perfume. I, I start to dread, has she gone out of the store? You know, because there's just something about going out into the whole Westfield. What has she done? Then over the loudspeaker comes paging customer Phil. Paging customer Phil. Will customer Phil please come to the electronics department? And you see, Sophie had found the lure of the toy section too strong as we went past. It was just after Christmas, I think, anyway. And she'd stopped to look, and I just kept going. And so she started walking around looking for me while I was walking around looking for her. And she got to the electronics section, and a nice lady found her wandering there, and they put the message over the loudspeaker. Crisis averted. For some time, though, if her older brother and sister wanted to upset her, uh, they would just make that noise of the start of an announcement, just go, and then say, customer fill, customer, and that would set Sophie off. For so even to the, she's 15 now. Anyway, that is Mary and Joseph here. I don't know what the equivalent of the toy section in Jerusalem is, but they, you know, that's where they rush back to. They rush back to Jerusalem. They, they search everywhere. They look everywhere. Eventually, though, they find him. Look at verse 46. After three days, they found him in the temple complex, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. This is where we start to get to the point of this story. This is why it's here. It's not here to make us feel better about the time we lost our kids. Look, even Mary and Joseph lost Jesus, so you know. Uh, No, it's here to teach us about Jesus. Because as he sat there talking to these experts in the law, these are the same priests and Pharisees and scribes who he was going to confound as an adult. People realise this is no ordinary kid. Look at verse 47. And all those who heard him were astounded at his understanding and his answers. See, he knew the scriptures so well that people were amazed. How could this be? Who is this child? Uh, I love it when I listen in on some of our kids' programs. Sometimes if I'm not preaching, I duck out of church and just go and listen in on on kids' church. Or I come up on a Friday afternoon and listen uh, at Kids Plus or at our youth group or Kids Holiday Club. Uh, And you can hear kids who just know their Bibles so well. It's actually a wonderful testimony to our children's ministry. Kids who can articulate theological truths about themselves and about God and about our world. Frankly, sometimes I go and talk to their parents and I wish they were as sharp as their children. But anyway, uh, Jesus was next level. These people are amazed. But it's safe to say there were two people who were not as excited at this point. His mum and dad, look at verse 48. 
When his parents saw him, they were astonished, and his mother said to him, Son, why have you treated us like this? Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. I think every parent knows that mixture of relief and annoyance. It's a funny thing where Sophie had done nothing wrong, but when I found her, she got a scolding because you made me upset. You made me nervous. You made me... You see, that's what happens, and that's Mary and Joseph here. They're no different to anyone else. But if we pause the story, I think there are a couple of questions hanging for us at this point. Firstly, how does Jesus have this incredible wisdom at this age? You know, how can he amaze these wise and, and learned teachers? That's the first question. But the sec- second question is actually even more important. It's Mary's question. Why did Jesus stay in the temple instead of going with his parents? Some people even ask, was Jesus in the wrong here to upset his parents in this way? But Jesus' answer is quite incredible and it answers all of our questions. His answer is, if you understand who I am, if you understand who I am and what I am here to be and to do, then firstly, of course, I will know and love God's word. And then secondly, of course, I will be in my father's house. So look at verse 49. This is the key verse of this little story. Why were you searching for me? He asked them. Didn't you know that I had to be in my father's house? I actually think there's a little bit of a gentle rebuke in Jesus' voice here. Mary and Joseph, you should have known where I was. An angel told you who I am. Don't you remember what the angel said about me? Don't you remember what the shepherd said about me? In Matthew's gospel, don't you remember what the wise men from the east told you about me? Don't you remember that I am the son of the most high? And so Jesus says, I had to be. Not there was a good chance I'd be. I had to be. I must be in my father's house. This is the key verse of the passage. In fact, these are the first words of the whole book on Jesus' own lips. I had to be in my father's house. From the very beginning, Jesus knew who he was and knew why he had come. And here Jesus is saying for the first time, yes, Joseph, you are my father in one sense, but my true father is God in heaven. I am the son of God. Why is Jesus so wise and knowledgeable in the things of God? Well, it's because Jesus knows God personally like none of these teachers could ever do. That's why as an adult, Jesus would say, John 14, verse 7, he says, If you know me, you will also know my Father. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. To to meet Jesus is to meet the Father, is to know the Father because he knows his Father so intimately. That's how close the relationship of Jesus is to his heavenly Father. And so, of course, Jesus had to be in the temple because that's where God dwelt, symbolically at least, on this earth. That's where you went to do God's business which is what Jesus was here for. See, at this point, we're seeing Jesus, even as a 12-year-old, had accepted the expectations placed on him as a child. Jesus says, I am the Son of God. I'm here to do the things that God said I would. I'm here to do my Father's work. I'm here to do my Father's business of revealing him and saving people. See, people would have expected Jesus to follow his Father's footsteps. They would have thought, go and be a carpenter like Joseph. Jesus is saying, no. I'm here to do another business, my true father's business. But Jesus is saying more than that. And this is something Mary was going to feel very, very strongly. Do you remember in last week's passage how Simeon actually warned her? He said, this child would cause a sword to pierce your soul. 
See, Jesus' mission was going to mean that he would cause Mary incredible pain and incredible anxiety. The time would come when she would lose Jesus again, if you think about it, for three days in Jerusalem, when he would die and after three days rise from the dead. And you can only imagine the pain for Mary then. In many ways, this three days of anxiety for Mary and Joseph was a foretaste of what Jesus' ultimate mission would bring for them. In fact, this little story is actually a foretaste of the rest of the Gospel of Luke. It's what it's here for, I think. It's meant to actually say, here is what's going to happen for the rest of Jesus' ministry as an adult. Jesus is going to amaze people with his teaching. He's going to run rings around these teachers of the law. He's here to do his Father's work. He's here to reveal himself to be the Son of God. And he is here to cause his mother great pain, sadly, when he had to go to the cross. But there's another sense that's a foretaste, and that's in the way his parents can't quite grasp it yet. Look at me at the end of the story. Look from verse 50. It says, But they, Mary and Joseph, they did not understand what he said to them. See, even Mary and Joseph struggled to accept and understand who Jesus was. They had some idea at this point. They still didn't get the full picture. They didn't understand Jesus' mission. They didn't understand what Jesus had come to do. They're a bit like the disciples later in the story. You know how the disciples work out Jesus special. They, say, they even say, you are the Messiah, but they still don't grasp the wonder of it until after his death and resurrection. And they certainly don't grasp that he came to die for their sins. And they certainly don't grasp that he came to rise from the dead until after he does it. And in the end, that is the struggle that every person has to go through. Every person has to do what Mary and Joseph have to do. Every person has to work out who Jesus is. Every person has to work out, is Jesus the Son of the Most High? I don't mean work out who they think he is in that find your truth nonsense of our modern world. The truth about Jesus is clear. Jesus is the Son of God. He is the Messiah. He is the Lord. The question for every person is, have you understood that? Have you come to know that? And have you put your trust in him? It's funny, I've read several things over the last few weeks. It seems newspapers love writing things about Jesus at Christmas time, where people have conscripted Jesus in to support their cause. So, so I read a novel, actually. Someone lent me a novel, and, and it was all about Jesus and climate change, and Jesus' view, how Jesus would, would have done this, and Jesus would have done that. That may well be true, but what we have to remember is, and I hope as we've looked at these first two chapters of Luke, you've been reminded of who Jesus says he is and why God said he would come. And let Jesus tell you who he is and why he had come. Jesus is the Son of the Most High. Jesus is the Messiah. Jesus is the Lord. And why did he come? To do his Father's work, saving a people of his very own. Let's keep that wonderful truth at the center of our minds as we start this year. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for this lovely little story, uh, this insight into Jesus as a child. But more than anything, we thank you for what it reveals about who Jesus is, that he is the son of you, the Father, and that he has come to do his Father's work. And so we pray that we might have that picture of Jesus crystal clear in our minds always. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.